Hey everybody and welcome to a special bonus episode of My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay and I'm your host. For those who may not know, September is NICU Awareness Month. Something very dear to my heart as my daughter was born prematurely and journeyed through the NICU. I'm so excited to have a special guest, Carita Fly, NICU mom and founder of Raising Little Miracles Incorporated with me on the show to help bring awareness. MSE podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE podcast conversation starters deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. When you think of NICU Awareness Month, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind for me would be um, sharing knowledge about exactly what people go through in the NICU, because prior to having my son, I knew absolutely nothing about prematurity or the NICU and what it Mm -hmm. entailed. And I think that um, the best thing you can do is just kind of talk about the different experiences of the NICU and what people experience so that, I mean, God forbid someone experiences the NICU one day, maybe they'll kind of have a little bit of knowledge prior to going into it. If enough of us are sharing our stories and talking about it during NICU Awareness Month and beyond, it can maybe help someone in the future. Most definitely. I agree with that. So what for you... um was the most memorable part of your son's NICU journey? For me, I would have to say, um, when he was born at 26 weeks, it was pretty uneventful. The doctors actually told me that he was doing great. Um, He didn't have Mm -hmm. any brain bleeds or anything, which I know is very common for micropenies. So I was super blessed for that. However, at 32 weeks, he got RSV and pneumonia in the NICU, Mm -hmm. which um, is very, very critical for... Um, preemies especially at 32 weeks gestation he was nowhere near fully developed yet Um, and so that was very hard for him and that actually nearly lost him to that virus Um, Mm and at one point the doctors had called and asked me if I could get to the hospital within 10 or 15 minutes um, if I wanted to pretty much see him alive wow Um, so that was very 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 tough but um, God is faithful and definitely a promise keeper And so he pulled through that and he did great. But for me, the takeaway was that RSV is super serious. And I know a lot of times people think like, oh, it's just a virus. Kids get Mm -hmm. over it. Like they get the flu and everything. But um, for someone who's experienced it, uh, a big part that I like to share is that it literally can take someone's child away from them forever. Yeah. And so that was my biggest takeaway from the NICU that RSV is no joke. I've heard people say it before. But when you experience it firsthand, I think it has a completely different impact on you. Got you. And so for those that don't know, what is RSV? Um, it's a virus that gets into the lungs. And preemies um, do not have fully developed lungs. 
A lot mm-hmm. of them are intubated for a while and then on um, cannulas. Some even require um, to have a trach before they go home or go home on oxygen. So it's mm-hmm. a virus that affects the lungs and um, severely impacts how the child breathes. And for my son in particular, um, he ended up on what's called an oscillator, which is pretty much a huge um, vent that vibrates the child's body to kind of keep things going. Mm-hmm. And so that was um, pretty much the one thing that was keeping him breathing at that time. So it, it affects the lungs severely. And some Got kids you. have permanent damage from that. Got you. So how, how do you get RSV? Um, it is just contagious. It's like one of those things like a cold, you know, someone's around you coughing, mm-hmm. sneezing and spreading germs, not washing their hands and they pick up your child or kiss your child. And mm-hmm. I know we all say do not kiss other people's kids, but this is one of the reasons why this is yeah. so serious. And for adults, it may present itself as just like a runny nose or, you know, you mm-hmm. cough a couple times a day. But when a child gets it, especially a preemie, it turns into a much more severe virus that attacks their entire body. Most definitely. Yeah. And also you mentioned your son being a micro preemie for those who yes. don't know the difference. What is a micro preemie? A micro preemie, now a lot of people determine it by weeks, some determine it by weight. Um, okay. However, he was born at 26 weeks. So I, I believe it's before 27 or 28 weeks. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, people that are listening. <laughs> I know this is, this is very serious for, uh, for people when explaining the difference, but I believe it's born before 27 weeks and under one pound, 13 ounces. Gotcha. So my son was born at 26 weeks exactly, and he weighed one pound, 12 ounces. Okay. Okay. Got you. Yeah. I think, um, definitely educating on RSV especially is important. Um, my daughter didn't have, um, RSV, but I have seen a lot, um, of posts, articles, um, Mm -hmm. read up on it, you know, of course, being in the NICU, you know, you have to educate Mm -hmm. yourself. Absolutely. Um, But I don't think a lot of people hear from those that have actually experienced it. And to know like things like not kissing the child or making sure that you wash your hands, those minor things that, you know, don't matter to us as adults, Yes, (laughs) you know, it could be be life threatening for, for the babies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people get offended. Sometimes you're like, no, you can't hold my baby or you can't play with them. And it's like, it's nothing personal, but when it comes to my child's life, I kind of have to make those decisions. And so I hope that people um, understand that and no one takes it personal but it's just in the best interest of the child. Most definitely. And especially once flu season comes around, which is approaching. Yes, it <laughs> Sad, is. You know? Yes, it is. And, and yes. it's actually a long period. Um, it is a very days. long period. Oh my, I think it goes through April, mm-hmm. maybe even May in some places. So yeah. Yeah. Cause it's I know, a long um, time. Our um, doctors in the NICU had advised us not to have any um, visitors or to mm-hmm. go out you know, during flu season, because it's yes. so, it's so prevalent. Yes. So easy Absolutely. for them to catch. Yes. Yeah. I think for us, we only went to doctor's appointments and that was pretty much it. If Same. I had to go yeah. to the grocery store, like I would, you know, my mom or his dad would watch him. And other than that, I was like, nope, no, no people. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> Don't touch him. <laughs> yeah. You no, gotta be It, it is not a joke. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say, um, other than RSV, which I, you know, no, was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say was the hardest part for you in the NICU? 
The hardest part was the initial um, shock of not being able to take the baby home with me after delivery. And I think that is probably the most unnatural part of the NICU, um, if that makes any sense. Um, It does. It's like, you know, you and for me, um, Isaac was my rainbow baby. He came after a few losses. So I had anticipated this, you know, incredible pregnancy. I had a cervical surprise placed at 21 weeks to keep my cervix closed. Um, But I still went into full-on labor at 26 weeks and had an emergency C-section. So, you know, for me, it was like my, I felt like a part of my hopes and dreams had been crushed. You know, you expect to have the baby a couple days in the hospital, you take them home, everyone celebrates. But that moment Mm -hmm. when you get discharged and you leave the hospital and your child has to stay there, I think those first few days or weeks or whatever were the hardest for me to kind of accept that I can only go visit my child and I can't bring him home. So for me, I would say at all the other ups and downs, the back and forth with the um, oxygen up, oxygen down, feeding, troubles, all that, I think the hardest part for me really was accepting that I could only go visit him and it would be a while before I could bring him home with me. Yeah, and having to get a visitor's pass and check in. Yes, yes, yes. It's like, this is my baby. I just want to see my baby. Yes. Exactly. Yep. And and trying to schedule time because, yeah. you, you know, it's not like they're home with you. Yeah. So you have to exactly. find time, which seems so yes. selfish. And, yes. Yeah. And yeah. then if you're an exclusive pumper, you're like trying to pump around, you uh, know, when you're visiting, yes. when you're, you're going places. Is a pump. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Yeah. And I personally had to <laughs> yes. ask for, for blankets, like baby blankets yeah. that they had used, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, because the scent, you know, not being around the child. Yep. Um, it can affect your supply yes absolutely it really can and and I know for me I would try to um, either pump at the NICU after doing kangaroo care which is no skin Mm -hmm. skin, because I know that would stimulate um, milk or as soon as I got home um, from seeing the baby I would try to pump them because I noticed that my supply was up a little bit at that point as well yeah it definitely affects a lot yes yeah yeah I totally agree that was that was a difficult part for me for sure yeah yeah. Um, and, you know, being told when you can hold your child or yep. you shouldn't pick oh them up gosh. right now because they just yes. finished eating. You don't want them to yes. sit up. So you can't yep. hold them. Oh, it's my like, gosh. Yes. I can't yes. Hold my child. yes. Yes. I think for me, it was 19 days before I held my son. Mm, and I was wow. like, Lord, have mercy. Like, I don't know how much more of this I could take. Like, I already wow. have to come and sit here and visit with him. I can't take him home. But then I can't hold him either. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. is, like, this is just not even real. You know, this is not how anyone pictures motherhood. Yeah, and I don't so think that a lot was of difficult. people realize that, like, mm-hmm. not being able to have that initial skin-to-skin. Yes. Not being yes. able to hold them right away. Like, yep. that's something that you'll never get back. Even if yes. you have yeah. other children, yep. just, you know, that's just something you'll, yes. you'll never get back. Absolutely. And, and that's a very special thing that I think is often yes. taken for granted. Yes, and and to add on to that, um, I think a lot of people don't realize that the NICU experience overall is something that doesn't go away. You know, your child may be three or four or five or even 10 for some people, and you still remember their time in the NICU like it was yesterday. And I think a lot of people may think like, oh, your baby came home, that's great. Like, you know, that part of your life is over, but it's not, it's not. So it's like, that's one thing that, you know, I really hope that, uh, again, NICU Awareness Month, kind of brings light to for some people is that this is a lifelong thing you know it's not going to go away just when our children come home and some children have you know um 
lifelong things that they deal with because of their prematurity mm-hmm. or because they were in the NICU. And so I think that's something that people should understand as well. Yeah. And it, it affects parents' mental health. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Like, absolutely. I mean, I still uh, cannot watch videos that have the beeping and the, yes. the monitors and stuff, yes. or I will like inwardly start panicking. Yes. And yes. tear up and like, I can't. Yep. And you, you know, don't even realize it, it, it at first. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah you absolutely. don't. And, and just those, you know, my, my husband's the same way, but it's, you know, you just don't realize it's, it's mm-hmm. long lasting effects. Yes, and it, absolutely. It, it really is traumatizing. Really, It is. It really is. And for me, the hospital was probably five minutes from my house. And so every mm-hmm. time, even after discharge, I would ride past, I wouldn't even realize why at first, but it was like my heart rate would go up. I would get like all nervous feeling. Exactly. And yeah. then it's like, it hit me like this only happens when I ride past the hospital. And yeah. I was like, I had no idea that I was still being affected like this. But my son was in the NICU for 116 days. So we had a pretty lengthy stay. Yeah. And so it was like, after he came home, I was like, I thought I was over this. You know, like, I thought, why do I feel like this every time I see the hospital? And so, again, I think that's something that people don't really get. Like, we don't just get to erase those memories when our kids come home. Exactly. And I'm not sure if you know, I was reading the other day and um, not even just typical like anxiety and postpartum mm-hmm. depression but mm-hmm. even PTSD yes yes is, yes. is prevalent among NICU parents yes and I could totally see that I I personally um I don't think I experienced it to um a really deep extent but I can definitely mm-hmm. see how that happens and I think um people should take that serious you know, Most it's definitely. not just like, oh, you're being dramatic because your kid was in the hospital or, Thank you. you know, you yeah, should yeah. probably be over it by now or like, mm-hmm. no, until it's you. And I don't care if your kids are in the NICU for six weeks or six months, because, you know, some people like to compare that to that. Well, your yeah. baby was only in yeah. the NICU for a week, so you don't even know yeah. what I went through. There's but like, no we only. still exactly. There's no only because we all still had that same initial shock of you left the hospital and your child had to stay. Exactly. And so I think that um, people really, uh, that debate is one thing that really bothers me. Like <laughs> when people go back and long, uh, their kid was in the hospital versus another. It's like, trust me, the lasting effects are still the same. Most definitely. Yeah. And I had had um, a, a class, <laughs> my husband and I had had a, a bringing home baby class mm-hmm. um, and I've you know, we, we had still decided to go, um, when she was yeah. in the hospital at the, at the time. Um, mm-hmm. but that had been scheduled before, you know, we found out that she was, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> coming early. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, it was very, <laughs> it was very interesting because I was the only yeah. one there without a belly because my yeah. had already been here but then it's just like well yeah. why is she here like I know people were giving yeah. me like, strange looks yep. um yeah you know and that's just something like you shouldn't have to yeah. <laughs> you exactly. shouldn't have, have, exactly. have to go through you know and yeah yeah um it, you know yeah. just different stuff and like my maternity yeah. shoot was scheduled you know I was going to schedule it the week mm-hmm. after she ended up <laughs> being born mm-hmm. um it yeah was, it was yeah. going to be that that next week so just those small things that you don't yes, get to take absolutely. part in and even like yeah. first 48 newborn shoots and 
you know, yes. stuff like yep, that. You absolutely. don't you don't get a yeah. chance to do that because yeah. they, they wish baby your showers, baby away. like you don't yeah. They wish your baby you away. have a baby shower without the big belly and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, most most definitely. So what yeah. what's some advice that you would give to parents who are currently going through the NICU? As hard as it is, you have to truly take things one day at a time. Most definitely. And for me, um, the thing that I really struggled with was comparing my son to the babies around him. Mm, okay. um, babies that were born after him and went home before him or babies that gotcha. were smaller than him and came off oxygen before him and things like that. And those things really mess with you. You know, yeah. and they add extra stress mm-hmm. and that you don't really need. And so um, one thing I tried to focus on was just think about the milestones that they're meeting each day. Don't worry yeah. about like, okay, well, I want my baby to go home by this day or mm-hmm. when am I going to bring in the car seat for a car seat test and all that stuff. Just focus on, okay, today we weaned his oxygen down a little bit. Yep. Or today we, you know, we upped his feeding some, so that's good. You know, he's tolerating his feedings. He's going to gain some more weight. So just focus on the day-to-day progress that the child is making and not the big picture of, I just want to bring my baby home. Exactly. Because that's, and I know it's hard. We all want, like I said, we oh, were yeah. in there for 116 days. You know, like oh, yeah. there were plenty of days <laughs> where I was like, I just have to bring this baby home. Like, I'm sure, what do I yeah. have to do to bring him home? But it, it wasn't until I shifted my perspective and realized he's doing great. He's okay. going to come home. You know, he's just working on this this week or he's working on that or, you know, and that was my focus every day. You know, if he's working on bottle feeds, well, how's he doing with the bottle today? Now, I'm not even going to ask, you know, well, how close are we to coming home? Because those are the questions you don't mm-hmm. really want to ask because then you get an answer that you don't really want. Yeah. Or you so get an answer I think- and then the answer changes. <laughs> exactly oh my goodness that happened so much for us and, and I'm, sure. I'm glad you said that because initially when my son went in the doctor was like oh he's doing awesome we'll get him out of here by 34 35 weeks well 32 32 weeks is when he got RSV mm. and so you know I was like but we were okay. so close to coming home yeah and that was another stressful thing for me it was like but you told me my baby was gonna come yeah. home you know on this day And so I think even the doctors, I don't think they mean any harm when they tell us those things, but it's just, you know, it's kind of like, I wish they didn't because then you get these things in your head and when it doesn't happen, it's like, yep, it's like, it hits you like a ton of bricks as if you aren't already stressed enough about the NICU in itself. So my biggest piece of advice is truly take it one day at a time, one milestone at a time, and don't be afraid to speak up for your child either. Most and that's one thing you think the doctors and nurses know everything yep. because they've been there forever. But sometimes things get missed. They slip up. You know, they have other babies that they take care of, too. So if you notice something that's changing or something that's different, you have to speak up for your child. Yep. Most definitely. My husband laughs at me because <laughs> we were in the in the hallway washing our hands. Um, and mm-hmm. it was like down the hall from where her pod was. And um, (laughs) a lot of babies were crying and I was like, um, take me to the pod. Because at the time I was, um, I was um, riding in the little, the little wheelchair. So I wouldn't like, you know, be be Mm -hmm. on my feet too much. Yes. Yes. And he was like, how do you know that she's crying? And I'm like, I know. Yeah. And we went in there and she was crying. Yep. And she was in, she was in the isolate. Oh my (laughs) goodness. 
And he was like, how did you know that? And I was like, I just know. And that's my like, baby. There are I like know. a whole bunch of babies crying. And I'm like, mm-mm. I know. Yep, yep. But th- this was my baby. And I heard my baby. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. So definitely trust your instincts. Yes. Definitely yes. trust your instincts. And, my and you are your personal- baby's advocate. Yes, yes. And I realized that when my son, he had this like little, you know, micro are tiny. So they have all this extra loose skin on their bodies and little wrinkle babies. But they're so cute. Okay. So <laughs> my <course>. son had a, <laughs> like between his eyes, he had this like little bump. And the doctor kept telling me, oh, it's just extra skin. He's really small. Well, you know, once he gets bigger, it'll go away. But a month mm-hmm. went by, two months went by. And I was like, this bump is not going away. I was like, in some days, it even looks bigger than others. And so the doctor's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Well, a month before he got discharged, they finally did some imaging and realized that he had what you call an encephalocele. Um, That little bump was actually some brain tissue on the outside of his skull. Yes, he and it's super rare. I think one in 12,000 babies will be born with this um, per year. And so it's like a little piece of the skull doesn't develop all the way, which leaves some brain exposed. Mm, and and okay. you know, and he underwent um last December six hour brain surgery to correct it, and he wow. did great. He's thriving, That's perfectly great. fine. I'm I'm so happy with how everything went. However, I think all the time, like, what if I would have never pushed for them mm-hmm. to you know examine? Yep. If I would have just took the doctor's word, like, oh, it's just a piece of skin. It's okay. He'll be fine. You know, that was not the case. And actually, when he had the operation, it actually ended up being an emergency surgery because the encephalocele was growing and putting too much pressure on the back of his eyes. So it was some it was some fluid leaking, some bleeding and everything. And that was because I was being persistent, you know, like something Uh is changing. The encephalocele is getting bigger. His eyes are looking different. They're a little red today. They've never been red before. And so that's just my biggest takeaway. Like, you have to be your child's advocate. Most definitely. Even if you're at the doctor three times a week, that's okay. At least you know your baby's fine. Yep. No, that's just how I look at it. Yep. Every <laughs> at least little you know thing your baby's it. okay. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It definitely does. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. So what advice would you give to family members and friends of parents who are going through the NICU? Do not, do not, do not use those at least phrases. And what I, this is, I've got to give an example. (laughs) (laughs) This one just really gets me. When people say, well, at least you can sleep all night because your baby's not home yet. Or at least you have time to do stuff that you need to do because your baby's not home yet. Yeah, or like, at least do you don't you have to worry I... about all the dirty diapers. Exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> like, do you, don't you think I would love to be changing some dirty diapers right now or losing some sleep right now with my baby here next to me? Like, please, family and friends, you can be supportive without saying those things. Exactly. You know, try things like, oh, how is the baby progressing or what is he working on this week? Or, you know, what type of milestones are he meeting? Those are things that are wonderful. People like to talk about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to constantly be told, at least you don't have to do this or at yep. least you don't have to do that. Because it's not, no, I'm sorry. I would rather be doing all those things that you're exactly. saying that at least I don't have to do. So I think yep. those were some of the most hurtful things. And for me, I know that people didn't mean any harm. They were trying to make me feel better. But yeah. those words really hurt. They do. It, yeah, and I'm sure I could speak for probably every mom who's ever had a baby in the NICU. Oh, those yeah. words hurt. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, my daughter was due yeah. in July. And somebody told me, at least you didn't have to 
there's that at least. <laughs> at least you didn't have to carry her through the through the July heat. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, See, what? And so it's like, but I would have loved to have been hot yeah, and sweaty like, and burning up with my pregnant belly. Yeah. Or like, you know, at least oh you didn't get to the, to the very end and you just be tired. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's, yep. that's yep. just, yep. even if you don't mean any oh, harm, yeah. it, like, it's, it's very yeah. insensitive yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> it, is. it is. It really is. It is. And then I think the ongoing question of when is the baby coming home? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that gets <laughs> so overwhelming and so stressful that it's like you just want to stop answering the phone for everybody like you don't want to talk to anybody because you think they're going to ask you when's your baby coming home yes and can you tell people why that is so stressful well because you don't know and you want your baby home just as bad as anyone else more than anyone else yes and so to have to constantly say well I don't know I don't know it just kind of like for me it made it more real that I really don't know when I'm going to bring my baby home you know, yes. like how painful was that? You keep that reminding me about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every day I'm waking up like, oh, I would love to bring him home, but I know it's not time. And then somebody's like, oh, when is Isaac coming home? Yeah. You know what? I really don't know. But yeah. <laughs> when like, I find out, I'll let you know. Born, and then it's like, well, when are they yes. going to be able to come? I oh, don't. my goodness. What? Yes. Like, yes. I mean, yes. before I'm even discharged, it's like, yes, exactly. I'm like, I don't know. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, and that's another one of those questions where it's like we're not saying that you know we think you guys are causing any harm by asking that question, but it's just not. It it doesn't feel good for mom and dad to have to hear that question all the time. It doesn't. Absolutely doesn't. (laughs) So, can you tell us um, about your business, Raising Little Miracles Inc.? Yes, absolutely. So the NICU that we were at did not have um, any type of support group or anything for the parents, which for me was a little difficult to accept um, because I think parents need just as much support as those babies do, just in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little um, disturbing to me that they did not, and they took excellent care of my son. I will never take that away from them. Yeah. But I think that um, part was lacking, um, the parent support. And so also the fact that I knew nothing about prematurity or the NICU prior to having my son mm-hmm. kind of prompted me to found Raising Little Miracles because I know there are so many other people like me who are going to be on this journey or on this journey or have been on the journey and they knew nothing about what to expect. And so I wanted to create something that would allow me to provide support for those families, education for them. And inspiration as well, you know, just to be able to share my story and uplift other people and say, you know, I know it's hard. I know it gets tough, but it gets better. You know, Most it's a definitely. crazy roller coaster, but at least if you have someone who's been there that can kind of walk you through it or support you through it. Um, and then also someone to acknowledge you as a parent during that time. A lot of things that I directed for the parents and not necessarily the children, but, you know, providing gifts for the moms, you know, um, greeting cards for the mom and dad, um, things like that, because a lot of times we don't get those things when our kids are in the hospital. Oh, yeah. Um, I think mom, when Isaac was in the hospital, we were there for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day. I think he got a year, a gift for every um, holiday that passed. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, what about the parents? So that's my main focus is the parents and the families, the siblings, um, the people that often get forgot on this journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the people that I try to support the most, supply, you know, little care packages too and things like that. So um, we're fairly new. 
Um, but this is something that is very near and dear to my heart because I know how much it would have meant to me while my son was in the hospital. So I want to provide that for other families. Most definitely. That's amazing. I love that. I love thank that. You, it's it's definitely you. needed. Thank you. thank you so much. Definitely needed. So where can we find you on social media? Um, we can find me. My personal page is c.lemise on Instagram, L-E-N-I-E-C-E. Also on Instagram is Raising Little Miracles, Inc. No spaces or anything like that. Just one word, Raising Little Miracles, Inc. I-N-C on Instagram. And I actually will be creating a podcast soon. Yeah. So as soon as that's ready, <laughs> and that will be totally related to NICU life and navigating the NICU and being supportive of your family members. Yes, thank you so much. And you know, it's something that I had never thought about, but a few other people have asked me, you know, did I have a podcast or would I be interested in starting one? And I was like, you know what? I'll give this a shot. You definitely Even something should. to kind of, even if it's more geared towards NICU families who currently are on the journey, something for them to listen to daily to kind of uplift them and inspire them and things like that. So that will be coming soon. So that's the Yay. newest Raising Little Miracles project. That's great. I, I cannot wait. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And I think you were going to say Facebook as well. Yes, I do have a Facebook group. Okay. Again, that is Raising Little Miracles. Okay. And you can, um, yeah, I don't think it's a private group or anything. So just look for Raising Little Miracles on Facebook. All right. Well, you know, thank you for being willing to be a part of the show. Um, I know that sharing NICU journeys isn't always easy. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Oh, no problem. And yeah. thank you so much for having me and giving me this chance to share our story. Yeah, no problem at all. Many blessings to you and your family. Thank you to everyone. Thank you. For thank tuning you. In. Yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in and make sure that you um, connect with Carita on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starter Stick, available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.